0: The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Dinaina-Athabaskan people.
1: I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told and i cast aside my worries and just went digging for gold and i will scale the highest mountains looking for the bluest
0: blue trevor noah the host of the daily show was asked by an audience member between scenes what aspect of south african culture He would like to import to America. He answered, I think it would be our general ease in talking about race and our racial past. I first traveled to South Africa in 2016. On that trip, I was struck by the openness of the conversation on race and the legacy of colonialism. Another thing struck me on that trip, how common protesting seemed to be. At the time, both protesting and an open conversation about racism seem distant from my experience as someone from the United States. Over the past four years, protesting and the conversation about race and racism have come to the forefront in the U.S. and in Anchorage.
1: And there are deserts that I have yet to cross And I have dreamed of faraway places where imagination. Just gets lost, and I would search the wide world over for one proverb that is true. But of all the roads I'll ever walk.
0: At the I edge just, of downtown Anchorage, on L Street, between 3rd and 4th Avenue, is Resolution Park and the Captain Cook Monument. The plaques at the entrance of the park and on the base of the statue of Captain Cook reveal that the park was established in 1976. It was part of the U.S. Bicentennial celebration. The statue of Cook, an Englishman, was donated by British Petroleum. In one way, the monument is fitting. During the first week of July, 1776, the British colonies of North America declared their independence from Great Britain. That same week, the plaque reveals... Captain Cook left England commanding two ships in search of the Northwest Passage. He arrived in Anchorage two years later, seeking to do just that. And he failed. He did not find the Northwest Passage. While in the area, Cook and his crew laid claim to the land by planting a flag and burying documents in a bottle at Point Possession near Nikiski. They also did some trading, made some maps, and took notes about the area and its people. They also shot a dog to show the power of their firearms, and this may have reportedly stopped the battle with the Dena'ina, who were carrying spears. After 10 days, Captain Cook, the men, and the ships left. So why in 1976 was a statue erected in downtown to a man who led an unsuccessful expedition that included an almost inconsequential stop in Anchorage? The answer is colonialism. Cook wasn't even the first outsider to explore Alaska. Danish-born Russian explorer Vitus Bering, along with the Russian Alexei Cherkov, arrived in southeast Alaska in 1741. They had previously sighted Alaska on a voyage in 1728. In 1732, Peter the Great had commissioned Ivan Fedorov to map the Aleutian Islands and collect tribute from native tribes. Russian exploration of the Bering Strait in 1648 points to even earlier Russian contact in Alaska. Cook is likely the first outsider to visit Anchorage and the surrounding area, but his visit left little impact. Leaving more of an impact was the Russian presence, though relatively small, in the Anchorage and Cook Inlet area, starting about a decade after Cook's arrival till Alaska was sold to the U.S. in 1867. Captain Cook is venerated in the city with a park and a statue. There's also a hotel named in his honor just a few blocks from his statue. One of the three flags flying on top of the hotel is a British flag. Why was Captain Cook in Anchorage? I know he was looking for the Northwest Passage, and that is one way to answer the question, but what made Captain Cook think that he could plant a flag and bury some documents in a bottle and claim that land that was 4,500 miles away from London was now the property of England? I mean, who gave him permission? Sure, the British Navy commissioned him, but there's more. Cook... Like Christopher Columbus and other European explorers, were given the right to take the land and possessions and people by God. Or so they thought. Starting in the middle of the 1400s, as Europeans began to move about the globe, the Pope writes a number of bulls, or public statements or decrees. These official statements of the Pope, who at the time clearly saw himself as the religious authority for the entire globe, and the voice of God, created what is known as the Doctrine of Discovery. In those bulls, the Pope grants permission for Europeans to take possession of any lands that are discovered and not under the rule of Christian leaders. One of the bulls reads, Invade, search out, capture, vanquish, and subdue all Saracens and pagans whatsoever, and other enemies of Christ wherever so placed, And the kingdoms, dukedoms, principalities, dominions, possessions, and all movable and immovable goods whatsoever held and possessed by them, and reduce their persons to perpetual slavery. Did you hear that? Take land. Take possessions. Do whatever you want with the people. Or in other words, no lives matter unless you're European. Mark Charles says of these papal bulls that they are the Church of Europe telling the nations of Europe that wherever they go, whatever lands they find that are not ruled by Christian rulers, those people are less than human and the land is theirs for the taking. It is the doctrine that allowed European nations to colonize the continent of Africa and enslave African people. It is also this doctrine of discovery that allowed Christopher Columbus, who was lost at sea, to land in a new world already inhabited by millions and claim that he had discovered it. Common sense tells us you cannot discover lands that are already inhabited. The reason that there's a Captain Cook monument in Anchorage, Alaska is because of the doctrine of discovery. When I first moved to Anchorage in the mid-1990s, my first job was working for Trinity Christian Reformed Church. That church is located at the corner of East 16th Avenue, where Sunrise Drive and Airport Heights Drive meet. The church, like much of the Airport Heights neighborhood, was built in the 1950s. At that time, the development was called the Saxon Subdivision. In that era, owners of the homes were asked to abide by a set of restrictive covenants, In a 1948 example, the first restriction reads The property hereby conveyed shall not be sold or alienated in any manner whatsoever to other than Americans of the white race. The Airport Heights covenants were consistent with practices across the city and with the doctrine of discovery. Land was to be held by Europeans. According to Anchorage historian David Raymer, in that area, covenants were common in the neighborhoods of Sand Lake, Spinard, South Edition, North Star, parts of Fairview, Rogers Park, Airport Heights, and Nunaka Valley. Recent articles and stories from the Alaska Dispatch News, Anchorage Press, and Alaska Public Media have shed light on the practice of redlining and intimidation common during this time period. It is noted that after World War II until the 1960s, The majority of Anchorage's black residents lived in one neighborhood, Fairview. In September 2020, around 70 years after those restrictive housing practices aimed at African Americans, Alaska Natives, and other communities, the Alaska Black Caucus had large banners hung on the outside of the Alaska Center for the Performing Arts in downtown. The banners read Black Lives Matter in AK and were hung facing Town Square Park. The banners were originally hung to coincide with the Memorial Day protests in the commemoration of the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. When organizers arrived, they discovered that the banner bearing the word black was missing. The event went forward. Those calling for equal rights were met by counter-protesters, some of whom openly carried firearms. One photo of the event shows counter-protesters holding a banner. The banner quotes Dr. Martin Luther King as saying, all men are created equal and reference the biblical passage 1 Timothy 2, 2-3, through 3, saying, It is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, Jesus Christ, who desires all people to be saved. The photo is a tableau of our current dialogue on race, with counter-protesters holding the sign being given the middle finger by a protester. While many object to the term Black Lives Matter, or the movement connected with the phrase it's not hard to see that the situation at this rally is the result of the legacy of the No Lives Matter, a lesser European movement that became colonialism. That I
1: have yet to cross And I have dreamed of faraway places Where imagination just gets lost And I would search the wide world
0: Over the summer, in the wake of the killing of George Floyd, the life sized bronze statue of Captain Cook came under fire. There were calls for it to be removed. Ultimately, the decision on what to do with the statue was given to the native village of Aklutna to decide. As we wait for that decision, the Captain Cook monument still stands. The real-life Captain Cook? Well, he died on a beach in Hawaii after leaving Alaska. Apparently, shooting a dog failed to stop the battle that time. Meanwhile, a recent news report stated that homes across Anchorage still officially have discrimination covenants on the books, and that the city is trying to figure out what to do about that situation. At the time of this recording, no one seems to know what happened to the missing banner in Town Square.
1: And with all those lessons learned, with the crazy long life,
0: Maybe Trevor Noah is right. Maybe we in the United States, in Anchorage, need to develop an ease in talking about race, racism, and the legacy of colonialism. But my hunch is we don't often talk about it because it's hard. We avoid the subject, Because the racial rankings on color that were created as the result of the doctrine of discovery are still dividing us, benefiting some, and handicapping others. In our next episode, we will continue to explore the legacy of colonialism. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission that, in part, makes this podcast possible. We are also grateful for our partnership with Street Psalms. Check them out at streetsalms.org. And we are grateful for you, our listeners. The Anchored City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the heads, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean the desire to see a world where all things are the way they are supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org and on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme song is by Anchorage's own Monica Lutner.